All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucking ots? What the fucking nucks? That's that's a good one. I am. How are you, folks? Sorry, I am. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. I'm in a hotel room in Vancouver, uh, B.C. That's uh, is that British Columbia? Is that what that is? I don't understand Canada. I don't know. And I don't understand how it's broken down. I don't understand the territories, the regions, how the government works, how it's structured, how it's tiered. The people are nice here. They seem less hung up than we are. I know that, so they must be doing something right. I'm not being anti-American or anything, but it's just my sensibility. It's pleasant people up here in a general sense. Where I, I guess I could say that people in America are generally pleasant, but I don't know. It's arguable. I'm drinking coffee, not just coffee.coop coffee, so I'm not going to be disingenuous. If I was to do a pow in Vancouver, you'd be like, really? Did he bring it to Vancouver so he could drink on the show? That, that would seem disingenuous. Eddie Pepitone is on the show today with uh, Stephen Fine Arts. He's the, the gentleman that uh, directed the documentary that Eddie is now touring the country with. Eddie is touring the country, I believe, with a documentary about Eddie. So you can see Eddie, and then Eddie will bring on a movie about Eddie. I'm in that movie, but I'm not, you know, not going to make that part of it for you. I'm, like, I'm selfless enough. To be, to be able to say to you honestly that Eddie's got this wonderful documentary in it uh, out. You know, I'm in it, but, you know, it's not all about me. But I, I do want to make it clear. I am, I am in the movie. I am uh, in it in two ways. I, there's an animated Mark Maron, and there's also just Mark Maron on film. So, but this, again, not about me. It's about Eddie, and you'll learn more about it in a minute. We'll talk to Eddie and Stephen in a minute. Well, we'll talk to Eddie, and Stephen will chime in every once in a while, and then feel. And then he, what Stephen does is he'll chime in, and then he'll sit there for as long as it takes for him to process and accept what he said out loud as something that was okay to say, and then he'll chime in again. But I don't want to. I don't want to divulge anything about Stephen. He's a filmmaker, and you know how filmmakers are. So let's get back to Canada. Last night in Vancouver, we did a live WTF with uh, Matt Bronger. Uh, Brendan Walsh, Andy Kindler, Carmen uh, Lynch, and Margaret Show, And uh, Margaret decided to talk about the size of my dick for 20 minutes. So I'm not even, I'm just going to give you a deep tease on that one. And I'm not even going to tell you the situation. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, and I've cleared it with uh, my girlfriend. God damn it. That's, you know, that's the hardest thing about being me, really. That's not even true. It's not even that hard. But look, I'm 49 years old, Okay. I've, I've been around. I was not a guy that lived some sort of singular life. You know, there was different phases. There's different periods. My, 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 my cock has traveled. You know, it's been, it's been a lot of places. It's been dark places. It's been in unfriendly places, scary places. But it's also been in some nice places. But I can't remember all those places, and I don't have a big list of them. So when they come up, and now I'm in the monogamy thing... <laughs> You know, every every sexual incident in my life is a. It, I, I treat it like a secret. I treat it like I've been found out somehow, and I get defensive and weird. And uh, you know, I had to I had to tell Jessica about it, and then she was just sort of like, "Oh my god, I wish I was there to see that." It was embarrassing to have your penis talked about in a public forum for like ten minutes by somebody who had uh, had seen it, experienced it. It was a, it one. It was a one off. 
it was not a celebration of anything. It was just something a couple of old friends thought they had to do. All right, let's talk to uh, Eddie Pepitone and Stephen Finearts, and uh, and now I'll, I'll be back after that from my hotel room in Vancouver. Okay, all right. Enjoy, enjoy it. I think that when people think, you know, who can, which man do we know could fuck his way to the top? I think Eddie Pepitone is no doubt. <laughs> So I'm here with Eddie Pepitone and Stephen Fine Arts, who's not going to talk <laughs> until I bring him into the conversation. Right. It's good. It's nice for me to have uh, a friend. Here. Yeah. Well, I, I wanted you to be supported in, in a way. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Fine Arts did the documentary on Eddie Pepitone called The Bitter Buddha. And now I guess Conroy claims to have come up with that. I feel like I did, but I'm, I'm not going to. Is that right? I mean, that's what I feel like, but I don't know. <laughs> It sounds a little. You know what's funny is that I feel like I came up with it, but Sean absolutely insists that he did it. So just I just give in to him after a certain point. Yeah, I know, but I I don't think I think it's more like something I would say. I I feel like <laughs> I think it, I feel like it was something. Now, like if you had done some real research for your documentary, you would have you would that would have been a part of it. Yeah, well, Sean was he really was persistent about the fact that he had come up with the bitter Buddha on the long shot. On, the, on Eddie's podcast. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I want to talk about how I was characterizing the film. Because yeah, there was a, a lot of footage. <laughs> What's the matter? No, I mean, go ahead. There was a lot of... We'll make it... It's about you. But I mean, it's about our relationship. There was a lot of footage of me. There was some cartoon footage of me. Mm -hmm. And I came away from it feeling like, you know, that Mark Maron character seems like a little bit of a bully. You know, every, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, there was that scene, I don't know how much we want to talk about the movie, where you just came you in. Is, is there a spoiler? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. Um, but, yes, where well, you come in to, um, uh, to tape the long shot, and uh, you just go after me. And I remember that night. And I remember I actually... I had been doing a lot of work in therapy about just feeling what I feel in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I just felt, I felt like you were attacking me. Yeah. And I felt attacked. And I remember saying, you're not going to get me cry because you're not going to get me to cry because I felt close to tears. Really? <laughs> and that's pretty funny to me now that you were, you were attacking me. You were like, Hey Eddie, you're always, uh, it was something like Eddie, you're always crying or, oh, right. or you're uh, always crying. Eddie. No, Eddie, 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 you're always uh, being someone else. No, the, the, Eddie, the documentary is not going to see you for who you are. You're always being someone else. Yes. Mm. Why don't you be yourself? Well, you know, I looked at the movie. I want to apologize because I think that what happens is, because there's no reason for me to bully you, but but I, I think what- Sure what, there is. No. You know, what, it's the law of the jungle. No, it's not. The funny thing about- about Isn't it? about you is that fortunately for you you're so consumed with your own self-consciousness mm. you know and like sort of like you're all up in your own shit so much that even when somebody takes a shot at you you it's just sort of you you seem detached but <laughs> but i don't i don't know if it's real detachment i, I really mm. I, well you call it self-consciousness i call it a um great awareness right of just and it's but it's an awareness of my uncomfortableness in life for sure you know but i found the film surprising in that um yeah go ahead is that it was surprising in 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 just how many people you got on there 
to say nice things about him. And it was also surprising. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I, I don't. See, I, it happens. It starts again. No, I, I apologize. No, I'm gonna, no, I'm not going to try not to do it. I, I think we do have to, you know, give Stephen some credit for <laughs> for somehow I managing can... to get more footage of Patton and Sarah because you know they're so rarely used. Uh, in documentaries or in any sort of show about about standups, it's like you know, like when you oh think like let's let's God. who do we need to comment on alternative comedy? It's like well, you know, Sarah and Patton would be great if we could get them, and also if we use them a lot, it would bring people to the film. But I know that's not what he was thinking. I think he was really looking for for sources. <laughs> sources. Talk to him about this. Yes, I want to hear that one. Well, I, I think we I think we needed to get those people because they worked with Eddie though. Sure, you know, sure. Sarah worked with Eddie on on the Sarah Silverman program, and Patton's. Uh, done a lot of pudding, and he, they worked together for a long time. So I figured there were people who knew him. Too, okay, so. okay, now I understand. I understand. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It wasn't really gratuitous. I don't think no. Zach was gratuitous, where he came in and said, "Eddie Pepitone is one of my <laughs> favorite <laughs> comedians to see, but not listen to, or something Eddie like Pepsi that." And then he, one. then, he, Eddie, then Pepsi Eddie Pepsi, one. and then he sauntered off into yeah. Galifianakis land. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, you know that seems to be a, a very um, lucrative piece of property. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> Galifianakis land yeah. is, is, uh, is some prime real estate <laughs> in show business. But uh, but you know, in all honesty, even watching the documentary, there are certain things that I didn't I didn't find out that I think I'd like to find out. And I, the one thing I didn't get at, yes. we didn't mm-hmm. get in the movie. I thought was that mm-hmm. look, I I lived in New York for years. And, uh, you know, Staten Island, as a, as, a, as a place, was only talked about in my circles. You know, there's never any reason to go Correct. to Staten Island. Correct. You know, there was uh, like, oh, the dump is there. Uh, that, that, you know, that's where cops and gangsters go to retire. It was called, the besides being called the Forgotten Borough, it was yeah. also, it's also called the Borough of White Sox because civil servants mm-hmm. work there. You know, uh-huh. firemen, postmen, cops, cops, all those guys. And Back in the day or still? Um, I think still, but it, I don't know what what's changed. But uh, but so Staten only, Island, there was no reason once you discovered Manhattan uh, and Brooklyn. Now yeah. there's no reason to go to Staten Island. Yeah, but was a, there, unless it's to help with aid. Yeah, was, from a hurricane. Was there a, a reason? Because like it always seemed like my a, dad thought it was the country. Oh, really? <laughs> no, he did. My dad grew up in Brooklyn in Marine Park, and his his parents. When he was a kid, it probably was the country. It was the country. He was like, we're moving to Staten Island. And I got to tell you, as a kid who grew up in Flatbush until I was nine, I remember the first night I was in Staten Island, Mm -hmm. uh, I remember I was like, I felt it was the country. We were the only house on the block. Now it's littered with uh, godforsaken people. But we were the only house on the block. And I remember like looking at the hedges next door. I was just an apartment building kid. And I was like, oh my. I felt like I was like... uh, uh, the 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 American who went to the English countryside, right? And I and I was kind of like, excuse me, but I'm here from uh, America, and I was wondering what are your ways here in Staten Island? And I thought they were the English countryside. It's know? very frightening that you talk like that as a child. But I, uh, <laughs> pardon me, but I need my diaper changed. But that's interesting because I never knew that. Because out of all mm. the people I know who are New Yorkers, right? I mean, you're, you know, I, I talk to people that grew up in New York and they clearly grew up in New York, the island, Brooklyn or whatever, but you strike me as, as seemingly uh, more authentic 
uh, a New Yorker because you know it, your father's still alive and there, there's yeah. still you know there's uh there's going to be 80 soon. You don't come from a Jew thing, you know, so there's not that. You know, a lot of the people I talk to who are from New York are Jewish. There's very few. Well, real... my mom is Jewish. Okay, but I don't come from the Jew thing because my dad. Uh, put the kibosh on the two families intermingling because he's Sicilian. <laughs> I'm gonna just just give you the, the the upshot of it. He's Sicilian, and Sicilians hold hold grudges. Yeah, and uh, he was like, I don't want to associate with these people. Well, your your mother's family. Yeah, but and, and my mother was bipolar and manic depressive. I don't know what in vogue term is now, but uh, so her relationship to her family was a little weird because she was. You know, that troubled one, and just just n- not as close as she could be. You know what I mean? It was a little sad because so, of her mental illness. My mom was really in and out of institutions um, as soon as we moved to Staten Island. Actually, really, the country. Well, she didn't like. She didn't like the country. Yeah, she liked Brooklyn. There's a lot of things going on. She used to play mahjong in Brooklyn. Sure. You can mm-hmm. distract yourself with neighbors, and you can sit out on the stoop or go to uh, Edna's house. In or, Brooklyn. Or Margaret's house. Yeah, in Brooklyn. Yes. Margaret's house, probably. Yeah. In Staten Island, Isn't it's Margaret, like... Was Margaret a person? <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know where Margaret comes from well, when I'm always- uh... It's very old school for some reason. It is. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you should throw Edna in there. <laughs> I've never thought of that. Or Harriet. How about sometimes Harriet? I do, sometimes just what'll come out of my mouth is Millie. Millie. There's another good Millie one. Millie and Margaret. Where are those names again? Uh, now, how come you don't hear those? I don't know. All right, so okay, now so it's you, Debbie. So, how old were you when you moved to Brooklyn or to I'm Staten Island? Island? I was uh, nine. You see, we had relatives. What was really Italian was, um, I believe, it was Bay Ridge. Mm-hmm. We had right. relatives in Bay Ridge, right. and then Marine Park, where my dad grew up, yeah, was very Italian. Yeah, right there, and then we moved to Flatbush, and you lived in a tenement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like Cliff Odets going, God damn it, I want to write about this place. It was better it's than that. It's so oppressive. Well, you know, a tenement building, I don't mean a, no. a, a, is a floor through. No, you know, what, they were like they two. were apartment buildings. But not I, the, the old kind where it was floor through, like a brownstone or big, big apartment Oh, building. it wasn't a brownstone. Oh, okay. I didn't get introduced to brownstones until um, I met, my, my dad had a close friend, Bob Ellis, who still comes to see my shows, and he lived in Park Slope, and that was a big deal for me to see the brownstones in Park Slope. I was like, oh, like I immediately yeah. knew this was rarefied air. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, so this is where they talk about physics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> physics. And he actually, Bob. This is where the books are written. And the, yes. Yeah, the school books. The uh, I know school books. No, if it, what the the connection to physics would be like. This is where the intelligent people live. This yes. is where you you're having dinner. You know, I was always and you're actually explaining to somebody what EMC square means really, right? EMC <laughs> square, like we take it for granted. But do you, if you'd like me to go into it a little bit, the theory relatively tevativity, I, I can do Relative. that. My, uh, you know, you know, what's funny is that I what what informs my my whole perspective still to this day and and my comedy is that my. My dad's side of the family, the Italian side, they were all into, like my uncle, and I used to work for him in the yeah. summer in Brooklyn. Doing what? Uh, construction. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my uncle was a contractor, and he used to, uh, my dad used to describe him as a genius with tools, my was, Uncle Ray. Was he on the level, or was there? On the level is a right. beautiful way to put that, because I remember him always getting out the level and things having to be per- perfect, yeah. and I would be standing on the side going, come on. It's close enough. I yeah. mean, these guys, that bubble would have to be in the middle yeah. 
of that level perfectly, and I would be on this. I never took to this to this. Construction you never took building. to building things properly. That makes it <laughs> <To> properly. <laughs> yeah. So yes. That, and that and that's it. That's sort of like that's your core. It's like, hey, we could do this right, or we could do it how I want to do it. <laughs> and I, you know, and I'm going to defend that. Fuck the bubble. Fuck, fuck the bubble. Fuck the bubble. So the bubble's a little to the left. Yes. So, I was so, always like that. Yeah. So what if the if the kid's playing with a ball in the building and it rolls down a slope? But why I brought that up was that I never wanted to be around um, the building, much to my dad's chagrin, I but think. But were there union guys? You know, was there any mob affiliation? No. See, I, yeah, that's That's my own, my own uh, racism. Is I, you know, I Toward figure, the Italians? Yeah, I figure Flatbush, you got a, an uncle who's in contracting. I'm sure that here. stuff was going on, but not with my uncle. He was a private contractor, and it was it was, it was was very, like, mundane. Like, he would hire these high school kids, i.e. me, yeah. and kids to help him in the summer, and we'd be distracted and smoking pot and, you know. But, but I used to like to paint walls when I was high with him. Sure, sure. He would, he, would, he would come back. He would always split and come back and go, you're kidding. You're still painting this fucking wall he would be like what the fuck are you doing and i would just be like oh man i'm sorry ray i'll pick it up i want to get it right i want to get it right but uh so what'd your old man do Mm. my dad was a teacher my dad was a teacher and he taught in new york city public schools for i think it was something like 38 years or 35 years he has a full pension what does he teach uh history really Yes, uh, with specialty American history. Interesting. Yeah, and he taught it in John Jay High School uh-huh. in Park Slope. Uh-huh. And uh, when we moved to Staten Island, he taught in Susan Wagner High School. So he was coming in from Flatbush to te- teach the uh, the Smarties. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Back when so my dad- back when parents t- actually sent their kids to public schools. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So now there's some kind of voucher system, I believe. Or just, you know, if you have money, you send them where they, you know, won't have to, you know, kind of commingle with the rabble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So he's an American history uh, teacher. Yeah. Because yeah. that was uh, the other surprising thing about watching Stephen Fine Arts documentary, The Bitter Buddha, about mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. <laughs> was that uh, you characterize your father on stage as this working class terrorist. Yeah. Who, who's I a, did? Well, that was just a guy. Like, all you, I mean, you're, you're, the entire theme... Mm of your emotional engine is mm. that your father was this tyrant and this yelling monster. Mm. But the the thing that was interesting when you actually see you two together is that, you know, the, the natural place to go when you think about, you know, a working class mm. angry man terrorizing his, his son is that this guy's a, a fucking maniac. He's like Archie Bunker. But then, like about uh, two thirds of the way through, you realize that you know, despite whatever faults you see in your father, he he was a progressive, uh, you know, a progressive man, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, someone who uh, who believed in the struggle of the little guy. Oh yeah, and and you know, and politically was you know very you know left leaning, and 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 to- my dad, my dad, uh, you know, I'm not saying there's no there's no liberal assholes. But no, my the- dad turned me on. I, I'll never forget my dad giving me the book, uh, The Rich and the Super Rich, mm-hmm. by a guy named Ferdinand Lundberg. And yeah. my dad was uh, one of Albert Schenker, 
Albert Shanker, the head of the teachers union back in the day. Yeah. Albert Shanker had a line in Woody Allen's Sleeper. I don't know if you remember that, where uh, Woody Allen, as the Sleeper character, goes, it looks like, oh no, one of the scientists in Sleeper said, it looks like Albert Shanker has the nuclear weapon, like the <laughs> UFT. Like, it was a funny line, if you know that whole milieu. But um, my dad turned me on to progressive politics. Like, I was a me- I was reading about the 1%. And when I was like 14 years old, which was 40 years ago. So I was reading about the 1% because The Rich and the Super Rich was a book by this guy, Ferdinand Lundberg, that my dad turned me on to and said, Eddie, read this. Yeah. And my dad was really a progressive guy. Yeah, you know, because you know. You but know. he was an emotionally very angry guy, too. And I, and, and I think that, you know, I took that in. And, and I have realized that my comedy basically i've re- i've had this um epiphany a few times yeah and i've even talked about it with you where i feel like i'm just channeling my father and i'm just kind of being my dad and i think the big conflict that was in my dad and now in me is the conflict between being an enlightened person but also an an emotionally uh, troubled person like I like and that's kind of my nickname Genesis the bitter Buddha where you know the Buddha meaning enlightenment the bitter meaning I'm so angry at life but it seems that well I get that and my dad was my dad was like that yeah, but I mean, he was, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to be on any journey to any kind of enlightenment. He seems to be. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> no, but I don't know that, 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 that character or the reality of him ever is. I mean, your father's, mm. you know, play this mm. weird role is mm. sort of like, you know, I am what I am. What am I going to do? And usually, yeah. you know, they get older and, you know, they mellow out and then it's sort of on you that to, to sort of acknowledge it like, oh, how, how can I maintain the level of anger at this toward, guy? Toward when, when your he, dad? Yeah, when he doesn't get True. out of the trail. He's yeah, he's just sitting there, you know, and he's fragile. And you're right. Uh, and right. Uh, no, I, I, I hear and, you. But it's very hard because you know my my father, you know, can still like you know if he puts his mind to it, really sort of churn out some right. real asshole right. fucking Me stuff. Too. My dad too. But then you know, and it hits all those triggers, and you're like, ah, fuck him. And then you and then you get on the phone with him. He's like, what? What's the matter? And I'm like, oh god, you're I saying, know. Are you, you're gonna play the old guy card. <laughs> you <know>? Yes. <laughs> But you're gonna play the you're living in this reality card. Yeah, is that what you're gonna do yeah. now? Yeah, this, like this, this is, is my reality yeah. that I'm 80. My dad's gonna turn 80. Yeah. So, but your struggle, like I don't see him as on any sort of path to enlightenment. He seems mellow because he's older, and <laughs> and but you know you and but you know they they're they're odd. They're selfish. Is is what the problem is? They're, like I could completely identify with this sort of like you know he doesn't know if he's gonna make it in for the show because he doesn't yes. want it. My, yes. my, now that was a typical thing. That's yeah, a typical yeah. thing that, for that, my dad. But, but that's completely narcissistic. It's just like uh, that's what got gets me. Yeah, like my father has not listened to my podcast because he, does, <laughs> he doesn't. He claims <laughs> you're the number one. Yeah. Like I don't think you could get him then because you're basically. He just he he still claims like I don't know like you know and, <laughs> and he's he's on the internet all the time but he's like how do you he's uh, on the internet I know my dad show? have you like sent him the, huh have you sent him the audio of the show at all or anything like that I, I've sent it, he knows how to get I but yeah. he he sends me links to uh, strange uh, he's sending you links to, to various su- websites to you've su- never heard of he subscribed to me to some doctor's website some fucking uh, huckster. Uh, of uh, of uh, you know uh, alternative uh, medicine, yeah. 
But you can't figure out, and that that's that same thing. Like I don't, you know, like, like well, maybe your dad has what my dad. Uh, I think what's going on with my dad, it, maybe your dad has it too. Is he doesn't want to know. He doesn't want to know what you're saying. Uh, and my dad, I think, doesn't want to know uh, what I'm talking about too, because I think they're they're afraid to hear what we're saying. I wish it was. I I wish that that was true. I I I, <laughs> I, 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 I oh, I thought I had a great theory. No, it's a good theory, but I think they just see us as some extension of them. So you know, when you're there with your own life, then all of a sudden it's like they have to acknowledge. That you know you're 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 not part of them. Oh, I see. And and you know you have all these things going on, and you know that would mean that's going to take time away from them <coughs> thinking about themselves. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you know they, they got to package it up somehow. It's like yeah, you're doing the thing. Okay. I think you know? my dad is happy that I'm doing better. Yeah, my father is too. You know, he, like he, he doesn't have to worry about me he, as much. And, you right. know, my dad took care of me for so long. Until a couple of years ago? Until <laughs> about a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Brody's got that great line where, you know, Brody's, I don't know, bro 40, but Brody Stevens would yeah. go. I, it's so great to be able to take, go out to lunch with my mother and pay <laughs> half. <laughs> but But it seems like your struggle... The, the conflict, the the, the, the the triangle of, of, of Pepitone problems <laughs> is that, you know, you you have this anger and then you have this, this other this other party, which I think is the authentic party, which is, you know, hypersensitive and completely self-conscious and, and, and you know, struggling to, you know, to, just to be liked and accepted and funny. <laughs> and then you have this... This other part of you that's just sort of like, you know, fuck that guy. That guy's a <laughs> fucking weak piece of shit. You know, yeah. I'm going to yell and scream. And that's the other guy. And then you have this other thing, which is like, you know, I need to be socially relevant. And in the middle of that, you just want to be a television actor. So <laughs> I, I mean, in the middle of that, I just want comfort. Yeah, yeah. Comfort and, and, and just some, yeah, some, some security and uh, to yeah. act, you know. Yeah. I, well, you know what's happened, you know. What's happened pretty recently is, um, I don't know how to put it in because I, get, I always get confused about politics, but the Occupy movement yeah. and the burgeoning Occupy movement yeah. um, and the fact that the economy has gotten really bad and there's so many disenfranchised people is that I feel like I should be, and I've had this talk with you, <laughs> is I feel that I should be as an artist talking about that stuff and not a silly ass jester quote unquote or you know asshole who goes to yuck yucks in fuck fuck land wherever goes to yuck yucks in in the middle of the country or whatever and and talks about my dick yeah and, but, but, and their latest reality tv i want to i feel like yeah but what, where, where does that exist other than in your head you know <laughs> those those sort what of, do you mean well, where does that exist <laughs> Well, the whole idea that you're going to go to a comedy club and feel pressure to talk about your dick and reality shows is, is really some sort is of- Is that in my head? Well, it's a fading myth of the comedy okay. club in a way. Yeah, there are road hacks and there's hacky comedy, but mm -hmm. in the age we live in now, I mean, you can sort of build your own crew. You know, you can build True. your own audience. and That's what I'm doing with right. the help of Stephen Fine Arts. Right. And, but sometimes they'll come to the show and sometimes they won't. But there's plenty oh, of- Oh, you don't find that most of the comics today are still talking- <laughs> about uh i don't know 
basically irrelevant stuff. Well, I don't know what, what relevant means in a way, is that to be culturally relevant doesn't mean you have to be a labor leader. And, you know, and quite honestly, you know, I, I think that... I don't know. Not many people strike me as being um, relevant. I don't know if that's true. I mean, you know, we, we, we're entertainers. So, you know, there's there's such a thing as, as personal relevance, as, you know, identification through personal struggle. You know, political mm. relevance is its own thing, and it's a smaller market, unfortunately. But, but no, I think to be righteous politically is, uh, is important. But, I mean, you know, then you, you, I think the issue you're talking about is that you have to be, it, because of America in general, not because of comedy club audiences, but if mm. you're going to talk about that stuff, you have to be an educator. That that instead right. of you know you know getting on stage and saying how you're all stupid how do we live in this world uh, yeah. you know that there's a way to present the material to make people go yeah. whoa I never wow. yeah I yeah. finally I finally have hit on um, one way to do that I have a bit w- which is uh, called how do you get these sh- it's called I'm calling it now mm-hmm. I, where I say I don't I you know I used to audition for commercials. Um, and I would never book them because I'd be so angry. Oh, yeah, that's funny. But I saw that. It's in and the I show. Go, How right? do you get your shirt yeah. so fresh? And yeah, within yeah. that bit, I'm able to talk about a lot of relevant things. Right. Um, to me. But I think you know, what's appealing more about you than anything else is that. You know, not unlike uh, you know some of the 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 great cranky people, or or sort of you know the 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 sort of the, the anger, the angry uh, uh, working class guy. Mm, mm, you know, like mm. I've had enough of this mm, with these guys mm. with, with the money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> jerking us around. But I mean, what what I think what's what's engaging about you is your own personal struggle. Which, yeah, and uh, I realize that's where the comedy is. Yeah, so that's a it's an interesting interesting thing is that I want to talk about things politically, but then I realize, well, no, 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 I can't do it unless it it, it it's about me personally. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, unless you have, and so that narrative is sort of like, yeah, I went on this audition. It was very important. I had yeah. a coffee. It took me twenty minutes to get there. People are starving. You know, yeah. like that. Like, I rail against the networks for having a lot of stupid programming on, but recently I've started saying on stage, which has made me feel very comfortable because it's so true. I say, but how come I'm so nervous in front of these people? Like, I'm going to read for some horrible show, but then I get in front of them, and I'm like, hi, Mrs. Mrs. Right. Network and Mr. Network. I hope I... Well, they, they're, you just hope they're going to be before a, 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 a nicer yeah. father than your real one. Can he please... <laughs> no, yeah. I, little Eddie is here. He just—he just. Would there be any actors if if they if they had what a lot of self esteem? <laughs> I don't know. I think some people are more you know practical about it. You, yeah. you know, I, I I mean, there's some actors that you know are, are fundamentally not that interesting people, and they they just sort of got into it because they looked right or they had a knack for uh you know sort of yeah occupying other people. Uh, and they were able to wrap their mind around some sort of crap. I mean, I think there are a lot of you know from the guys I've talked to. They're they're. I mean, they look at it as a as a job. They've got their angle on it, and and, and you know some of them are effective, and some of them aren't. I mean, there's so much about that business, mm. not, not not like our business, not like comedy, which has to do with how you look and and you know how you how effective you are at at, at playing this game up there. What's I what I've learned from acting because I studied it a lot. Uh, 
in New York is that the key is not doing anything. And it's antithetical to what I what I, I guess everybody was like. As soon as I get on stage, I want to do so much stuff or in front of a camera, and I'm constantly, yeah. constantly. I've always been told, Eddie, just don't, just throw that line away. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, why don't I not say it? I think if you it, want me to it's throw a mixture it away. Of, of not of letting go of being self conscious and also engaging. Uh, you know that if I'm just talking to you, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I've never taken that much acting, but I recently did a bunch of shows. But if I just treat this as a as a real interaction, and I and I'm present, yeah. you know, if if you're present, you know, you can do it. But yeah, you know, but then, then there's that whole other world of acting, you know, which requires uh, you know movement, Alexander technique, you know, fencing classes, you know, dialogue coaches, and well, it know, may be that the, it may be you Shakespeare, know, the indie, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say maybe that's the industry, you know, justifying their existences, you know, all these teachers, you know, Alexander Technique. And- no, no, definitely it's a racket, you, you yeah. know, because you, you, you're going to you're going to make it whatever it is your own and all you're going to do is learn a few tricks. But uh, but, you know, some people are good at the sitcom acting. It's a very specific thing, that thing. You're just sitting it there. Is. It's a vaudeville. You're sitting there delivering jokes to one another, and that's right. and you know that's what it is. You know, no one, you, no one watches The Big Bang Theory and says this doesn't seem real. You, you know, no, you know, no one's, That's not the comment. You, you know what I mean? Like that guy would never do that. You never, you know, no one's thinking like that when you watch a fucking situation comedy. Like, how come there's only one door to this? You, you know, like how what I do that. I'm like Jesus Christ. Yeah, these but, people but, are so not tethered to any reality they, that i'm not interested they, they, but they, all it is a joke machine yeah if, if it's a if the rhythm of the jokes works with the that's char- right with that's the characters right. that's if right if the characters are well defined enough to where you're not like you know, it okay. really is it really is like I, I i i'm trying to think if i'm into any sitcom i'm kind of into modern family yeah uh you know into modern family because i feel like that's one of the better written shows but if 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 i'm watching that joke machine i just it's like such a you turn your mind off so like that's obviously the function of those shows right like, oh big bang theory let's just completely turn our mind people off. love it it's huge yeah. because the characters are defined and they deliver jokes appropriate to their characters and and they all seem like you know whatever it is you know it's it's just a it's do you a, like that show she watches it i don't i oh, don't really i it's effective i mean i can sit and watch you know uh, uh king of queens anytime it's on yeah is that right yeah yeah, yeah. Kevin I mean, James, I, Kevin James is a funny guy. Just he's he's like fucking funny. hilarious. Yeah. It, no, he's like naturally, you know, is he can't help himself, uh, and it's a rare quality in in a in a clown yeah. Uh, yeah. or a comedian where, like, you know, any moment. Like if he's not saying, he, he just can't help himself. He's a yeah. funny guy, yeah. yeah but, but in his blood, you know, like it's it, yeah. there's very few people that are just sitting in a chair. And th- there's funny coming off of them. Yes. I mean, how the fuck does that even happen? He can't, like, he can't not be. Yeah. Like, I would hate to. I agree with that, because I, I was on a couple episodes, and I used to love to watch him. Oh, really? Uh, just, you know, work. You yeah. Know, how we would turn it on and off, you know, when you're on a set. And uh-huh. Then, and then when the cameras aren't going, just he, he looked down. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, really? Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. He was able to just sort of, like, you know, lock in. And yeah. Just... And it was so funny. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. You've, you've done a lot of episodic. Yeah, here and there. Yeah, like what else? Ah, uh, God. Well, this year? Yeah. Whatever. What, what were some of your good experiences with that? Because I think people, like I think that yeah, I, I had some similar problems that you- I did House you, this year. Oh, that's great. <laughs> or the last season of House. Yeah? 
is a small character, but I'm I'm always fascinated by the process. The in house, yeah, it was a carnival, yeah. and on um, I forget what lot of Fox lot I think. Uh, they recreate like Little Italy, yeah, and it's just wild to me, like all the extras and the yeah, carnival, yeah. and and also the precision. It goes back to my uncle with the bubble, yeah, that I hated, yeah, and I still hate it as an actor. Like you got to stand here, and the camera's going to be panning, and Eddie, when you deliver that line, don't go too far to your right. I hate all that stuff. Really, I do. But don't you have appreciation of the fact that what you're doing is you're making something that's being shot on a camera? Yeah, I know. It's true. I mean, obviously, you know, I do. But you know what it is? It's like in my head, art shouldn't uh, have to be so precise. You know well, what I mean? Well, it's not. But television is. <laughs> but television is. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's my problem is I think television is art. Well, so you're sitting there. <laughs> Some of it, I, I guess. But I've really realized from doing uh, television well, what, what do you work. Wanna, what do you want to no, do? Like, I know. I like, know. Look, can I deliver my line from the part of the set that's not built over here? <laughs> Like I, 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 I know you've built Little Italy, but wouldn't it be interesting? No, I just think it's so funny yeah, that if I did my lines from the parking lot, I don't want to break the reality. But I think if you you juxtapose the Little Italy set also, with the parking lot, also what's even it's a funny, statement about television. Also, what's even funnier is me who you know having two lines on house, yeah. coming on like I'm a great artist, yeah. Like, I'm in my trailer going, don't disturb me. I am trying to get into this part, which I don't because all the episodic stuff I've done, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I did uh, an episode and that was really exciting to me because it was with Danny DeVito. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, Danny DeVito. And it was so good. But I realized all, all television stuff is about just deliver your lines. Nail it. Just nail it. Yeah. And that w- that's really a big part. I remember in New York, I did a couple of Law and Orders. Yeah. And I remember, uh, yeah, I just remember being under pressure yeah. because I fucked up a line. Yeah. And everybody's waiting for you. Yeah, I know. The whole fucking crew. <laughs> you know, that's what television becomes about. It's not like whether or not you're feeling anything. We move on to the next Let's shot. Let's go, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie, you really fucking think, uh, the director, you're really fucking this up. <laughs> like, that's how he talked about it. Eddie, you're really fucking this up. You you have to deliver it here and don't stumble on it. You're killing me. We've got time. We got it. We got to go. We got to go. <laughs> lunch, and lunch. then, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but that, but see, the that's thing, how it, that's the reality. But see, you have that part of you that's like, I want to share. Shatter everything that's commercialized and oh, false. Yeah. You know, I'm an authentic person, and they are taking that away from me with this format. Where do I stand again? You, you know that that in your mind, <laughs> in your mind, you know that you're you're fighting against this thing. That's just a, it's, you know, granted a lot of it's shitty, but it's just a job on another level. I mean, I did two broke girls twice and the second time I did it this year. Yeah. And the first time I did, I was a hoarder and this is the greatest role I had because I was behind books and newspapers and you only saw the top of my head and I could read the script from behind the books and I just had to do a voice like, come on, because I get hired for that. You know, like I get hired for my, my cranky voice and my ethnic voice, (laughs) but then in the second episode, I played a clothing store owner in a in a subway stop, and yeah. you know those sleazy yeah. clothing stores and subways yeah. that just sell the pimps and preachers, yeah, things. And then I, I had to do a scene with Cedric, yeah, Cedric, funny guy, and the two broke girls, yeah. And uh, you know, I was starting to feel like cocky, like uh, like they cut my they cut the scene, they yeah. cut some of my lines. Yeah. I was like. Hey, what's up with that? Yeah. I mean, I thought those were going pretty good. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I know, but we gotta had nothing to do with you. 
<laughs> nothing to do with me. No, usually it's and it of, didn't. No, it's like a story problem. You know, it's never you know, or a time problem. I mean, like if they didn't like what you were doing, they would have cut all of it, or they would have oh, fired you. I replaced the guy who yeah. got fired. Yeah, so you I know. couldn't handle being fired from a sitcom because that would that, that would take me you, to another level of give you a new hour. <laughs> <laughs> or some great tweets. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I would so. be like, how can I rail against the whole system when I can't even get do a sitcom part? Well, but that, I, you know what I mean. That's that. Like the specific goes against, you know, this big thing I have in my head about changing the world or being the spokesperson for all these people. You can't compartmentalize. You, when you're talking mm. about you know the injustice of sitcom acting, you're not speaking for all these people. No, I know, no, 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 no. <laughs> You can't that would be a funny character, actually. A character, like a bit, because I'm more or less a bit character actor on on these episodes. Yeah. Like a bit character actor union leader. Yeah. Now, I've got to tell you, these Honeywell trailers that they put us in, they're only 35 by 25. I say, how about 38 by 26? People say that all the time. <laughs> Why don't you get involved with the union? Why don't you go... Uh... You know, I actually thought of that, and I realized, you know, this, and this is... The problem with me caring about the whole world is that I, I do want to be so comfortable, ultimately. You know what I mean? Well, like, I think I want, you know, I'm getting older. Yeah, and I, I want know. It comfort. scares me, too. Yeah. It's Does like, it scare, it scares me. And what the hell am I going to, you know, do I, I just I, went through a two-day flu. I don't want to die broke. Yeah. Yeah. I just went through a two-day flu. And whenever I get the flu, um, I'm always like, this is what it's going to be like on my deathbed, just surrounded by cats. By, <laughs> 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 no, when I feel physic when I when I feel uh physically ill, yeah. it always bleeds big time into the mental and I'm just sort of like, oh god, life is just such a mess. Like I always try to get a hold on life and I can't. You can't get a hold on life. You can't there is no security. You know what I mean? There's very little security really. Yeah, uh, something could fall out of space under this garage well, right now. Well, <laughs> also living in Los Angeles, I, I don't well, know about you, but I feel like this is such an insane place to live every time i i Maybe get in I, my car well if you don't have a, i feel like there's some kind of incident on the road i have a horror horror i have a paralyzing fear of being broadsided like of a car <laughs> there you go hitting me from the t-boning the, you yeah, or yeah, whatever horrible but um but yeah you just got to look at the numbers you know if you're not going to look at god look at the statistics you know what i mean before you do anything <laughs> like you know numbers? one out of how many people you know gets hit by a rock <laughs> and then sort of go like, nah, probably not going to get hit by a yeah. rock today. If these numbers are true, a rock's not going to hit me in the head, you know, if I stay away from these areas. But, yeah. but so, okay, so let's go back to Staten Island where the trouble began. You were a fun kid. You moved from Brooklyn. Yeah. You're nervous. You get there. You're in yeah. the country. Uh, your father liked it. He didn't like it. Um, He loved it. Now, your mother, in and out of institutions, what does that mean? From what age? Do you have a brother? From, you have a sister? Yes, I do. I do have a sister. One sister. One sister, yeah. She's a lawyer. She all right? Susan. Yeah, she's fine. She uh, does all right for herself? She does great. Thank God someone does. Exactly. So, <laughs> I'm looked down upon, you know. By what? Like, well, the guy who does what the fuck he wants and doesn't want to, you know, and it led to uh, some problems with me and my sister for sure. Like, oh, Eddie's doing what the fuck he wants, you know, because I was always performing. You know, and I couldn't make certain family functions. I got to perform and blah, blah, blah. Um, but there's like coming from that family, coming from a, a specifically working class background, mm -hmm. there's that sort of like. I was ostracized by my dad. My dad, when I told my dad, by the way, uh, I went to Fordham. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but yeah, Jesuit. Uh, my dad, uh, besides being uh, a history teacher, was a dean for a while. Yeah. And he was really into me uh, becoming like uh, a doctor. Right. And I even tried to please him. I, I so wanted to please my dad up until a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, I was like, yeah, dad, I'm studying to be a dentist. I actually told him that yeah. just, just because I wanted him to believe that I was doing what he wanted. And I went to Fordham and I basically, I don't think we covered this in the movie, but had a nervous breakdown where I would look in a mirror and this is the, the shape the nervous breakdown took and this is yeah. for real. I would look in a mirror. This was on the Fordham University campus in Rose Hill, uh, Bronx. Um, and not know who I was looking at. Like yeah. I, I would freak out. Like I didn't recognize the face. Yeah, my own face. Yeah, and I completely didn't know who I was. And my analysis of it was through doing a lot of work and therapy, was that I was trying to please my dad so much, uh, my whole life. Yeah, that I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. Well, well, and it literally. It literally manifested as me not being able to look in a mirror. What's that? For six months. Six months you couldn't look in the I mirror? I couldn't look in the mirror for six months. Wow. Well, I mean, I think that's true in that when you have narcissism. Now I wish what, you- there were mirrors all around me. I mean, I know, you know, but only on my face. My eyes are gorgeous. I I don't want to, you know, the full body mirror I don't want yeah. right these days. Yeah. Well, maybe, do you have one in your house? No. Okay. So you just kind of wing it? Like, you know, you just- <laughs> What do you mean? You, you, wing what? Your point of view of you is just looking down? At yourself, yes, and, and, and occasionally you catch a glimpse of you walking by a window. <laughs> yeah, I hate life. looking at that. Yeah, no, but like I, I understand that when you have uh, narcissistic parents with high expectations, uh, their their expectations, their needs obliterate your sense of self. There's no way for you to to define yourself because if you don't want to do what they want you to do, that's what happened to me, yeah. big time. And when I told my dad, this is what I wanted to get to you, is I remember walking in to his inner sanctum, his bedroom, right? You know, yeah, and going, Dad, uh, I'm dropping out of Fordham, and I'm going to study acting. Mm. College. I'm dropping out of college. Yeah, and I'm going to study acting. Yeah, and um, he wouldn't talk to me for a while. But when what, now? Where's your mother in all this? Uh, well, she was kind of checked out. She got, this is sad. So I don't talk about it a lot. And I don't think we dealt with it a lot in the movie because it's so freaking sad. But she just got really, um, clinically depressed. Um, and this, how old were you? This informs my anger, I think. You know, my, my volatile anger is the combination of my dad being a volatile person and then my mom completely not being available for me. Like she just would not get up out of bed. Uh, then she started going into psychiatric institutions. And, How old were you? Uh, that started to happen when we moved to Staten Island when I was nine. Like nine or ten? Nine. Your, nine. Your mother just became on just... She started going into... In, in, I remember I remember she would go to this place called the South Beach Psychiatric Center. And I remember going there to visit her and being really scared um, of the people... Mm. who she was in with and at the same time really really sad yeah and i still to this day when i think about it get extremely uh upset but before the sadness is is great inside me and i think that's why i rage so much because of that injustice i i think 
you know, first the injustice that she wasn't there for me, mm-hmm. and then secondly, why did it? Why why is she so uh, sad? And at that age, you can't understand necessarily what what mental illness means. Yeah, you know, it's just that like she's acting; she's not sick, like physically, but she just has to go to this place. Yeah, you know, and can... then the effect it had on our family. You can imagine when my mom started checking out. My dad was very unhappy. You know what I mean? There's nothing so... you can do about it. There's nothing you can do. And back then, the med- the, yeah, the treatment was was uh, speculative. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. still is to some degree. Mm-hmm. So, like, so my mom, I think, was at the forefront of all those new drugs. Now they're not new at all. But she was on lithium. Yeah. Um, I forget some of the others. There's like some heavy duty stuff. You know, but, but electroshock. It, right. My mom freaking had electroshock done her. <coughs> but before that, you know, when in, in, mm-hmm. when you were in Brooklyn, I mean, was she present? And you know, um, she was obviously not obviously because you were there, but she was showing signs of depression for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, but I th- something about the move. Mm to Staten Island, really, it became a full-blown thing. And it might have actually, you know, you were kind of kidding about that. Like, oh, there's things to do with that and this. And the move kind of uprooted her from her friends yeah, a little isolated bit. Her, yeah. Yeah, and I think that was enough to, you know, push it. So from age 9 or 10, she was in and out of hospitals for the rest of her life? hmm hmm Yes. For extended stays? Yeah. Ugh, it's, it's awful. Yeah. And that was the struggle going on. The and whole time. I would visit her, yeah. And I and I would visit her in these places. And then the places that she stayed at kind of got worse and worse. Uh, like it wasn't the South Beach Psychiatric; it was some other place. Uh, at the end, I feel like this is getting so sad. Right. Like it's a, a William Ken- Kennedy novel. Then at the end, yeah, we all went into a room, and three of us only left. Two people blew their brains out. No, mm-hmm. but at the end, she was in a in a, in a very in a weird, surreal place. On the ocean, yeah, in Coney Island. Seriously, it's cinematic. In, Out in, in Brooklyn, this, yes, which is desolate. on the ocean, Coney Island, which is awful, awful, yeah, desolate and weird. You know it, right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, the- and, this, and that's like probably before the Russians took over, so it was just sort of fucking a, a ruin. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and these are the images. But how close to the amusement park? It was really nice as far as the amusement park. That horrible fucking roller coaster. I never liked that. The cyclone. It's awful. I've never been. It's and like, I've always had friends that I would go to that place who would be, come on, come on, come on. Got to go on get the on the cyclone. And I would. I still to this day can't get on a roller coaster. It's not even that big a roller coaster, but you like it's it's terrifying. The only real only roller coaster I know where it's like, wooden. Two, one of the only wooden days, ones left. But two days later, your neck hurts. <laughs> you just, you oh, know, you've it, done it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're sore from that fucking roller coaster because it jerks you around. It's like this rickety fucking thing. All right, so she's out there in Coney Island on the, the water. At the end, and I would visit her. But who, like when you walk into these places, I mean. So yeah. scary, because there isn't a lot of supervision. Yeah. You know, it was like, I don't, there isn't a lot of supervision. But there are people wandering and, around in robes? and uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and people outside, and guys who just wanted cigarettes, and big, like I would get on an elevator, and just some big hulk of a man who was broken yeah (laughs) (laughs) just some big broken man would be on the elevator with me you know just you know and i would just be like this in my head i'd be like 
boy, I hope this elevator goes quickly up to three. <laughs> yeah. He's like this medicated lummox. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, a medicated lummox. <laughs> See how I added nothing to that? Yeah. And then in two weeks, you say you thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> My new one-man show, Medicated Lummox, and I'm like, yeah, well, I thought of that. I remember it was a sunny day in Marin's garage. But uh, so, the, and how old were you when she passed away? Um, that was I'm 54 now. She passed away about uh, seven years ago. Oh my God! So this went on and on and on. She she it never did. went. She never went back home again. No, she was she. No, because well, for, well, I, I skipped that they divorced, and then my my dad divorced her, and then once my dad divorced her, she then kind of had to fend for herself in in all these kind of weird places how old were you when they got divorced you know you know i'm i'm sketchy about all this stuff and 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 i wonder if it's because i don't want to know but i it was something like um when i was about when i was about i think it was like when i was around 30 oh really Something like that, twenty eight, thirty, something like that. So, like on some level, you know, whatever the hell you did to, to to protect yourself emotionally, you had to separate yourself from this horrendous reality that there was it was just hopeless. And like it, it was really like bad. At, at some point, you realize like she's, she's not. Well, you know not what I did. Better. You know what I did, which is unfortunate, is I became a big pothead. Yeah. And I say it's unfortunate because looking back at it now, because basically I've been. Pretty sober since uh, 41, so the last 13 years, I'm not a pothead anymore. Right. But I was a big pothead, and I look back on it. I started smoking pot when I was 14. Yeah. And I look back at it, and I go, oh, I was obviously trying to fucking escape this. When I look back on it. Numb it out. I was numbing out. Yeah. I would smoke so much. Like, I wouldn't just take it. <laughs> yeah. We were smoking. I, I'll never forget that. We were smoking out of gas masks, like yeah. surgical masks. <laughs> we would put on surgical masks, attach it to a bong, yeah. and smoke out of surgical masks. Yeah. You know. Because yeah, it was a medical necessity. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we yeah. were doing prescription before this, sure, sure. this prescription. Yeah, that's everyone's argument. That's always what I used it for. Med Medicinal? Yeah, it's medicine. So I, I, I smoked you checked uh, out. a lot of pot. And, you know, uh, that, that, that I think stunted, you know, my progress as a comedian. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a, as, as a successful comedian. What are, you, what are you so hard on yourself for? I don't know, because I feel like I'm old. Yeah, well, we're, you know. we're old. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm 50. What are you going to do? Rodney was like 60. You gotta Rodney, I, I love that. I always, you gotta, I always think of Rodney. He's the last one, though. There's no one, <laughs> I know. There's no one above that. You know, once no. you hit 60 and you're Well, not, you watch all very young people just get a lot of stuff, and it's like, oh. Well, what do you think? Well, fuck that. I mean, no, yeah, I, yeah. I know. But I mean, but what do you think? What do you think your obstacle is, though? What do you, what do you think now? <laughs> now? Yeah. Now, I don't think... Uh, well, now, I just think... Uh, that maybe my age is an obstacle. For but yeah, but yeah, the comedy is ageless, right? But like television, what do you want to do? What, what, well, what? I would like to have my own show uh -huh. uh, on uh, on on television, like a good network, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to just be a household name. Yeah, <laughs> I just hear myself say, you know, I'd like to really become very big. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, what do you Maybe think, that won't happen. What do you think you keep it doing that is stopping that? No, I actually think that I haven't been doing the sabotaging thing. Mm. 
you know yeah. i don't know if you agree but i but i are you asking me yes i'm asking you <laughs> because you seem to be you seem to be saying to me what are you doing now that's no, look, I, what i wanted to bring up earlier uh was that you know there it's a very odd thing when you have as defined a personality as you have or mm. or you have an element of it that's very defined and i did it another time and then you know people see you as something that's specific but to you would be limited. You know, like you like you you're very clear that like you get hired for your your, your yelling and your tone. Yeah, it's and then there's part of you that's sort of like this is not who I am. There's someone- I would like to do you know a little more than but that. but that is kind of up to me i think to show that in my but, but it's frustrating yeah right exactly so you've a con you've you you say like i accept that they see me as this ranting you know angry uh you know working yeah like i'll go on a set and i'll yeah. just be yelling yeah. for the whole day because they've yeah. given me a part where i'm the yelling guy yeah and i'm making money and it's a tv thing and so i'm like partly happy but then halfway through the day sometimes i'll be like jesus i wish i had something where i wasn't screaming yeah yeah all the time well isn't that funny because that's a real you is that you know this quiet uh, sort of guy that in the, but you can turn on the rage because you know that's oh, it's how you... so accessible yeah 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 you know oh, what yeah. i get rageful at these days mm. little things like my bathrobe um belt falling yeah today yeah like i i wanted my bathrobe be- where was my bathrobe belt it's on the fucking floor it's supposed to be in the loops yeah and i was so pissed at that little things really but you enraged do the, you me. do that out loud <laughs> i curse out loud in front of your, your and my wife karen is always like what are you come on what are you getting so upset for over this thing well it, uh, but and see, i'm like you know what i learned about myself <laughs> in that with that kind of stuff what but you got married i did when was that November thirtieth, just a month. Not ago. even a month ago. So that was a was it a quiet ceremony? Mm-hmm. Just the two of us. Yeah, basically, we drove to Vegas. Yeah, and now we're was it celebrating in, in a reception. Now was it impulsive or? Uh, well, we knew we were going to get married. We were engaged, uh, but the day was impulsive. I I woke up, mm. and uh, we were going to go to Beverly Hills just to get a license. It's a two part thing when you do it locally. You first you have to get a license, then make an appointment for the ceremony. Mm. If you're going to quote unquote elope, mm. but I was like on the way to the license, I was like, "Hey, why don't we just go to Vegas, baby?" And you did, <laughs> and we did, and it was great. Yeah, fuck this. Vegas thing. is surreal, man. Yeah. It was surreal. Have you never been there? It was raining, which oh. I someone told me recently is good luck. You've never been to Vegas? I've been to Vegas. I've been, I don't like Vegas. No, it's not going to like. Well, I don't, I don't, but so many guys are like, oh, Vegas. No, I don't. Let's like, go yeah. to Vegas. And I'm always like, I don't like I to don't lose money. To- I don't drink. And, uh, you know, and, and yeah, I, I don't drink. And I don't like uh, cheesy ass bullshit. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like you can get a good, I never even get a work. good meal there, I think. There's a yeah. couple of restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a anyway. big ordeal. But uh, when well, we congrats, got married- Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. But when we got married, we, we stepped outside of the little chapel, mm-hmm. you know, one of those chapels that mm-hmm. we found online to get married. And the sun was setting, and the sun was hitting one of those golden casino buildings. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. It was like, it was that gaudy beauty yeah. that I, that I kind of, yeah. I, I was like, oh, Vegas can be really, I would never live there. <laughs> then you drove no, back right. to LA that night, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I drove back. I was going to take Karen <laughs> to- um. Uh, it was a Cirque du Soleil thing. It was way too ambitious. Really? And this is well, me had, already. You mean you had to get tickets? <laughs> yeah, already. I'm like, ah, but honey, we gotta, we gotta go to the Bellagio. 
Who knows what that's going to be like? The weirdest thing about Vegas, <laughs> out, of, out, of, it's, out of everywhere, anywhere in the world, like here I could see you get aggravated when you got to park and everything, but Vegas is built to accommodate everybody. All you need is some fucking cash. You pull your car up, the guy comes oh, out, bing, 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 that's, that's it. That's true. You, you walk in, what, you just need money? Oh, you, okay, I got money. You know, fucking, they do anything you want there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I got defeated in my head, and this yeah. happens to me a lot about traffic. I was like, maybe yeah. we're going to pull into the goddamn Bellagio. Oh, I do that it's too. It's going to be yeah. fucking it's crowded. And, yeah. So you found this woman that, that you love. Mm-hmm. You've been with her a long time. She's lovely, Karen, and she yes. puts up with your bathrobe problems. Now, do you ever think- <laughs> <laughs> She puts up with that insane muttering from nowhere. Like- like you know what I mean like like the bursts of anger from nowhere yeah but don't you think that given your you know what you come from and you know I can relate mm-hmm. to it a bit it's just that you just want somebody to make it okay your mother was in a hospital your father was running around yelling and screaming no one was there to say it's gonna be okay Eddie yeah, yeah you, you and know? that's all I want people to say now mm-hmm. is uh and, and for, for for my whole for my whole uh like for my whole fucking growing up, which yeah. is, I, I would say from 20, I started growing up, I don't know, 30 maybe. Me a couple uh, years ago. Yeah, I, well, I yeah. For, I always, I had one of my closest friends, Jim Cohn, I would always call him up. Yeah. He was my go-to guy. Yeah. I'd always call him up and i go, am I going to be all right? <laughs> and we started laughing about yeah. it recently. Yeah. Because he goes, you know, pretty soon you're not going to be all right. Because yeah. I'm getting older. <laughs> And I would always say to him, am I going to die? I, that would be my big thing. I'd always yeah. say to Jim, am I going to die? And he would go, not tonight. <laughs> Maybe. Well, it's good that he's honest, but I, I just feel like, you know. I needed to be comforted is what I'm saying constantly. Well, yeah, when you grow up in like chaos or uh, emotional mm. detachment, I mean, the, the, you know, the one thing parents are supposed to do is at least make you feel like it's going to be okay, you, you know what I mean? It's like you know, is there a monster under my bed? No, there's, there's not a monster. Under yeah, the bed. And, that, and that's another thing. In the there's movie. a monster in the living room. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing in the movie too. Is that I recently haven't? I recently have never really been a road guy. I used yeah. to do the road with an improv group yeah. that was kind of lame, uh, but I was never a big road guy. And now I th- and and I look back at that and I go, why did I? Why didn't I ever do the road a lot? And I think I was scared to to just do the road because I think to be a road comic. You really do have to have balls. I mean, and 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 now I finally feel like I've got enough stability in my psyche where I can fucking leave home and actually go to strange places and enjoy it and and also have the courage to face other audiences. I was staying to the comfort of just my yeah, free audience, shows, whatever they were. Down the street. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, but but yeah, but I think a lot of that had to do with the fact you didn't think you had an audience out there. You thought you were going to walk into a hostel or totally or or, or detached environment, uh, and you're all alone out there. I mean, I, you know, something changed mm-hmm. for me on the road recently. Is that like I enjoy it? It's like yeah, you can stay in a hotel. You don't have to worry. I love be, that. It's going to be clean. They're going to be maybe they have nice soap. You know, maybe, maybe, I love hotels. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I always whenever I open up in a hotel when I, you know the nice hotel thing. I'm like oh. God, this is this is great. Look at this window. It looks because I went to Dublin, man. Yeah, I went to Dublin. I, in, I actually, I actually had it know, go over there. It went really well. I couldn't believe how how well it went because I almost gave myself a nervous breakdown. Going, are they going to get me? 
how are they going to get me? Yeah. I can't even do Nebraska. Yeah. Like in my head, I can't do, you know, Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. But and now I'm in Dublin? Yeah. They're not going to get me over here. You're and someone bu- pointed out to me they're English speaking. Yeah. I was like, oh, and that's also a good you're, point. You're, but, but you're a broad character in the sense that everyone gets- That's what people were telling me. Everyone gets anger. Yeah. And everybody gets- But you know, a- I was on stage in Dublin and, um, and uh, I said to- Excuse me. I said to the audience, uh, "How many of you folks are in therapy?" And that's a no-no. No, I found out. No, they don't, don't talk about it. So the shame. cultural differences. <laughs> Steve just whispered, yeah, but they shame. Under- shame. Yeah. shame. It's shame. But they understand it. I mean, you know, they they do. And they I talked oh. to another Irish comic about it. He said, "He goes, they're all in it. They just don't want to talk about it." Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, my yeah. Irish. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have the same fears about doing uh, international. But how was Edinburgh for you for the month? Oh my God! Well, um, I, Edinburgh was great in the sense that wow, did it make me into a comic as far as a headliner? Yeah, you know, hour long shows, and I did twenty, I did twenty three shows in twenty four nights, headlining. Mm-hmm. However, because I yell and because I was giving myself. Uh, a nervous breakdown. There were reviewers constantly. There were constantly someone from a newspaper or someone from the committee looking to see how good you were. So I was, every show for me was a big deal. And by the end of it, I had a shredded voice and I was physically exhausted. And it took me, it took me about four weeks to just lay down in LA before I was gonna I was really worried about my voice I went to two throat guys Dana Gould finally turned me on to Mr. Beverly Hill throat guy who sees guys from Coldplay his name is Schnittman Mm -hmm. he's the big throat guy in LA and he calmed me down he was like you're you're okay you know and but you got audiences and people liked you yeah it built for me it built for me in Edinburgh good good now let's 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 switch gears here because I got mm-hmm. Stephen Feinarts, uh, the dude who made the documentary on you here, and the reason I brought you in, Stephen, is that uh, you know Eddie is a very specific character. I've been doing comedy a long time, and there's a. Uh, there are guys that are, are very specific, you know, yeah. which means that there's there's nobody like them, yeah. and usually, uh, you know, they're they're uh, sort of rare birds, mm-hmm. and they kind of you know go to the beat of their own drummer for better or for worse, and there's usually a guy, a young guy, around that decides to just lock on yeah. to the fucking uh, the 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 momentum of mm-hmm. the of the of the weird guy, yeah. And you're one of those guys. <laughs> is that a good thing? Or is it... What made you gravitate towards? Uh... I'm, honestly, I'm a, I'm a I'm a comedy junkie. So yeah. I just I just love it. And I was listening to the WTF um, from the beginning. WTF? This this yeah, oh this, this, this show. show yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, I was listening to Marin. Um, I was listening to you basically from the beginning. Yeah. And Eddie was you called him. I yeah. believe you called him. He was making kale one one time. Uh huh. And, and I had and I listened to Eddie just. Call, it was a telephone. It was a telephone yeah, call, we, like the fifth or sixth episode. I've yeah. listened to like every. I'm I'm ridiculous. Yeah, but I, Eddie was one of those guys. I was like, who is this fucking guy? And <laughs> yeah. I, I just wanted more. I wanted more of it. And when he got to, when I when I finally got to see him at UCB, I just I just wanted more and more and more. And I, every time I could see him, I was just like, you know, this is brilliant. This and it was always new. It was every time it was something different. Yeah, and I never experienced that before. And it yeah. Was like, yeah. What, I more. I yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. And and what what uh, what compelled you to make a, a movie about him? I know that's a big jump. I, I just finished a job uh, as a uh, 
like producing for reality TV. Oh, don't tell me awful. it was just a practical decision. <laughs> no, I told like, but you know, no, 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 no. I'm kidding. You know the whole story. I'm kidding. Eddie. But you come from craziness. Oh, so like, you know, the, the, yeah. this, right? I mean, you've got to well, come from some craziness because, you know, this yeah. guy's not for everybody, yeah. but he spoke to you. Yeah. Yeah, to the yeah. To, to the point where to, yeah. the, to the point where you're like, yeah, I gotta me, make yeah. my, I'm gonna build my life around this yeah. guy for a couple of years. True. My mom's an alcoholic. Let's um, see, so that's, that's a yeah. that's a thing. And I met her. She's very lovely. Uh, very. She's nice. very nice. She's what you call a pip in the business. Your mom's a real pip. That that one. <laughs> she, you know, literally, she's so, like, you know, he yeah. made this movie. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Such a oh god. No, it was a. How's she was, doing with this? She's good. Like good. five years, I think. Oh, good, good, good. But yeah, there was it was a difficult childhood uh you know she was it was always you didn't know what you're gonna get with mom yeah so there was a lot of that the and, surprise yeah the surprise at the party the family function or <laughs> mom's dancing and nobody there's no music playing yeah you always yeah. knew yeah. what you were getting with my mom <laughs> right but not nothing. With your dad <laughs> nothing <laughs> but but i think what what, what maybe attracted you to him was yeah. that you know it was it was chaotic and spontaneous but it had a context yeah absolutely. you know like you know eddie's on stage who knows what's going to happen but he's not going to embarrass me yeah Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. So yeah, this oh, guy God. seems to have a handle on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on on one of my biggest fears was, which is the uh, what's the grown up going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and he was, and when I got a chance to meet him too, it was just like that the sweetest guy i didn't know what to expect and i was yeah. really nervous when i first met him and yeah he really couldn't have been nicer to me so yeah for an and i'm like someone wants to meet me yeah <laughs> really i'm well, like really this well, you've got this the, fellow who the, wants to meet me you've got the crazy yelling eddie and then you've got the needy uh <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. The, the needy insecure hi. overly sensitive eddie hi <laughs> Well, that was the thing about the the last time we talked for an hour, you know, at the very beginning, I just, like, I found myself just uh, performing for you and just making you laugh. And like, yeah, I, just, I love to laugh. What's wrong with that? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but like er, the whole conversation was me saying things and you going, yeah, you're right. Mm. Well, yeah. What? How long ago was that? I because don't I've grown know. along. Well, it was the beginning of when I don't know, you started I, this. Have you grown or are you just becoming a little more successful and, and happy? That's what, what I mean by grown. Yeah. You, no, I think you've grown in a lot of ways. Do you think you've, has he grown since you've known him? Yeah, he's like a lot less fear. I think we already mentioned going on the road and, and just, you know, all It's that. amazing when people yeah. start to know who you are and like you that, that you finally sort of like, I mean, that's really where self-esteem comes from, sadly, mm -hmm. is that, is you know, you, well, you've committed to, you know, for better or for worse, mm -hmm. or whether you were able to uh, make decisions around that or not, you are who you are. And, you know, mm -hmm. when you're that guy, when you can't really, I'm not, you can't change to accommodate you know whatever this audience is that you 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 know you yeah. like you, you you assume that people don't like what you do because they're too stupid or <laughs> yeah they're too, yeah exactly. but it never comes into your head it's like yeah. well maybe i change what i do to accommodate them because it's not even a question not even it's not an integrity issue you can barely be you so yeah, <laughs> yeah. so i never looked at it that way yeah that's, that's true i can barely be you how am i gonna tweak anything <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, after you, you, you're that guy, it's like, I'm just struggling to be me. Yeah. And then finally people are, are, are enjoying you. Yeah. You're like, oh, good. Okay. So I guess it was okay. It's okay. You know what's years. great about what Steven did? Yeah. Steven did a lot for me because the fact that Steven believed in me and wanted to make a film about me, uh, I think had a lot 
to do with me accepting to go to Edinburgh and just like this forward, you know, because when I have time to think about things and go, should I go to Edinburgh? You scare yourself. That doesn't seem like a good thing to do. (laughs) They're not going to get, you know. I was scared for you. I had a bad experience here. I was scared I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You were like, oh, it's fucking. I forget what you said. We were outside the ice house when I first broached it to you in Pasadena. Yeah. And you were like, "Uh, it's one fucking reviewer you're waiting on. That's a fucking nightmare. And that's all you said about it. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. And you walked into the ice house. (laughs) You and Kirk Fox had a show out there. Is that right? Yeah. 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 It was a double billing. It was produced. It was not, you know, I didn't, you know, self produce. I mean, the shows weren't bad. There was just no audience, you know, and it was. That's depressing. Yeah, it gets a little hard after a long time. You know, after like you know a month of it, three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and I wasn't in a good place. I just got the one thing about that festival is that I started. I would come on on the in the fourth week. Yeah, I was like, folks, this is no longer a festival. It's a hostage crisis because after three weeks, yeah. to me, that's plenty. Uh, yeah, of yeah. a festival. Yeah, yeah. Week four, I thought was hilariously. It was like, come on. Yeah. Four weeks of this. Well, yeah, people ask me going back. I'm like, why? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you're not going to try to. It's nice, though, for me. It's opened up. I'm going to Norway. Guys saw me in Norway. I'm going to Norway in a couple of weeks. You're going back to London. I'm going to London for three weeks. Ireland, you know. Well, that's it. You know, if you want to break that international market. I like that. I like that. Now, I got to say, I just want to. That what I really loved was being exposed to um, some Irish and UK comedians who were blew me away. Yeah. I was like, who. Are these freaking guys? Tommy Tiernan? Yeah, yeah, he's good. And David McSavage in Ireland? I don't know. I was McSavage. like, oh my God, who the hell are these guys? And then in the UK, just uh, seeing other guys, Stuart Lee. Like, Stuart Lee's like, great, yeah. Who the fuck? Why don't I know these fucking guys? Because they, they, don't, they don't cross over. But I was like, these are better. Like, the great comics, yeah. When I saw Tiernan. In in Dublin, I was like, this guy may be the best comedian I've ever seen in my life. At least that's what it felt. You know how when yeah, you're yeah, at yeah. a show, yeah. and it's like magical. Yeah. And I was like, this is unreal. This guy should yeah. be the king of the world. Yeah, yeah. Never mind just the Pope of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I had Dylan Moran, uh, Morin in here. Uh, I, I liked him yeah. a lot because yeah, he I didn't, mentioned me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen Tiernan. I'd like to talk to him. But like Stuart Lee I had on the show when I was in London. He's amazing to watch. Completely unique voice. So well, smart. Well, that's good. So you're walking in because I'm still a little nervous about uh, international shows. I don't uh, I don't blame you. But uh, but so Steven, so you feel good about the, what you did here with Eddie? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really happy with it. It took a, it took a little while to to get used to audiences watching watching the film. But you're very nervous. To, very, I am you, nervous. You yeah. kept yelling at me. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, in, in Montreal, you're talking about what are you talking you're about? Just, you're in it. Why don't you watch <laughs> yeah. it? And I'm he, like, that is a frustrating thing when you give someone a link and you're like, <laughs> hey, watch this. No, they ask you for it. I got a what you yeah. talking about me? No, not you. Well, you left. You people. left. You left in Montreal. You introduced it, which was so nice of you. And then you I left. had to be That's somewhere. You did. Yeah, I don't know. You oh. think I, why would I just leave? I had a show to do. You were like, "Could you please come? Eddie's not going to be here." Be I didn't know that. If you didn't, didn't have a show to do. Huh? That would have been funny you, if you, you put, didn't have a show to do. I swear like, I you know didn't what? know that. I swear I didn't know that. All this time you didn't All know this that. Time. Like yeah. I would just say, like I can only be for ten. What kind of fucking idiot? I don't am know if you going to dinner or something like that. I Why would know. I do that for dinner? I had to be uh, in a fucking show. I've been dude. holding onto this grudge for like four months. That is now. ridiculous. I wasn't in Montreal, so no, I'm out of this one. No, the kid he called. He's like, you know, will you please? Eddie's not here. Could you introduce it? You're a big part of it. Blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, of course, but I got to go because I had to do a show. Yeah, it'd be at my show in an hour. You know, now he's sitting here going, "What kind of fucking asshole?" 
Like, why would I do that? Oh, my God. It is a real no. personal thing now. You know, your film, your film. It's I know. very hard. I talked to his it's mother for t- five minutes. She that was, was nice. Like, you calmed her down. That was good. But uh, but they liked it. Did they Did they ever ask you, like, why Why you like this guy so much? <laughs> my dad loves him. My dad uh, loves him. Yeah, yeah me and uh, yeah. Steve's dad have really hit it off. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. he doesn't feel like- We he... speak the language of the proletariat together. Okay. You watching the bad game? Yeah, yeah, boy, the Giants sucked. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, the Bears, yeah, they were up and down. <laughs> yeah, The yeah, way yeah. the working man talks to each yeah. other. You're a football Through guy? Through sports. You're a football guy? Yeah, I'm a big sports fan. Yeah? I can't reconcile that with my, you know, because yeah. when you're a big sports fan, you're also kind of like uh, just a corporate junkie. It's all corporate now. No, it's all would corporate you, Would you shit. stop it? What? What do you, why do you got to go there for? You should. You I don't know. Should be I, because a, a proud sports fan. Yeah, but no. Instead, it's in my blood, though. Yeah, I know. But why? I where can't where not is watch that in these the show? Games. Right, but but your choices is like, oh, these guys are just paid monkeys. <laughs> but I mean, what is it? Just self. No, just just the way that it's just manipulation of everybody. This sports crap. I think like when I stand back from it. It's just such big business, and you know. Yeah, but why, what about why the- do I care about these games so much? No, I really feel like you're not a sports fan. No. I know you. It's like such an investment of time that I think but the, can but be when better the, when spent. When the boots are on the ground, on it's the field, it's pretty intense for me. It's it's what it is, right? Yeah, I like it. You separate all that from the that's you know, true. The, other I, shit the compet. You-, you know what it is, and I an- analyze my my love for sports is that I love the competition. And I think that's sick too. Like win, like it's all about for me. I have to win. Like I identify with the team. Yeah. And it's like win. We gotta win. We gotta beat these guys. And yeah. what I talk about in my act is that, like for instance, the Giants, my New York Giants, won the Super Bowl last yeah. year. And um, wait, and n- if, not the Giants, but your Giants, the New York, your Giants. Giants. Well, the San Francisco Giants, whatever. But you said my New York Giants. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah. So the New York Giants won the Super yeah. Bowl, and I always talk about how. It seems like about a half hour after they win it. It's like, okay, now what? (laughs) They won. It's okay to believe in something, Eddie. Yeah. Sure. Sports is relatively uh, harmless if you're not painting your face and hitting people. Yeah, yeah. I'm not painting my face. (laughs) I will wear the jerseys and shit, though. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I was, you know, had that in me. You do? Yeah. It'd be, it's, it looks fun. People seem to really have a good time. They have a lot invested in it. I'm, I don't judge it. What, what, <laughs> you know, what's that line you have? I don't judge you for the myths you oh, believe in. I don't want to mock the myths. <laughs> I don't want to mock the, the myths, myths that, that, define that, define you. that define you. I love that line. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm happy, Stephen, that Thanks you believed so in Eddie, and I'm, I'm glad, Eddie, that you, you still love sports. I think you should talk about it more <sighs> yeah, maybe on stage. Yeah, well. Yes. Why don't you talk about that? Why, why do you I get, should. I, why I, do you go right to corporate? You know, why not say like, oh, I love the Giants. I love them. I should. I should. Yeah. I think that's. It's a big part of your you life. Know what I, you know what pressure I'm feeling now is uh, I have to go to London with a brand new hour. Mm. And uh, I, I'm nervous about that. Yeah. Because when I, when I always go, okay, what's funny? That, 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 that's like, I go, okay. Like trying to write. Okay, what's funny? What's yeah, funny? What's yeah, funny? Instead yeah. of it all comes from I really love the Giants. It all comes right. from just talking about I, your reality. I, I start with the uh, you know I, I got married finally after all these years. Yeah, I got married. What the hell does that mean? Right. Yeah. That's a good move for me though. What marriage? I think for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I get into a couple of, uh, you know, exercise programs. Boy, just coming up the hill here, by the way, yeah. I was like, maybe because I've had the flu the last couple that of days. That must be it. <laughs> <laughs> I could barely walk from my car, which I parked just down, like, you yeah, know. Yeah. 
I was like, whew. Well, you know, you got to just... <sighs> I think it's important for you to always have something you're not doing that you can beat the shit out of yourself with. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to stop that. You know, now, <laughs> now you're married, so all that's left is, you know, the... The big struggle with the belly. Yeah. yeah. Boy, that's a big one. Mm. The All belly right. and the struggle. Yeah, the belly and the struggle. There you go. We just named your new hour. The well, I thought the new hour should be, I can barely be me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Well, I'm glad to help out. So just remember, you thought of it. Uh, <laughs> I still like uh, I still like medicated lummox. Medicated yeah, like lummox, too. One, yeah. Well, we've had we've had a good session, <laughs> fellas. Are we, are we are we okay? <laughs> Every, everybody, we good? Everybody good? I feel very good. <laughs> Can we stop this now? Yes. All right. <laughs> All right, that's our show. That's it. I just wanted to say that it was lovely finally talking to Eddie for that long of a time, and Stephen was lovely, and the movie is. Fun. It's uh, you know Eddie is one of the great uh, underappreciated uh, comic uh, personalities of our time, and Stephen is a nascent but uh, but hungry filmmaker who will who will lock in. He'll find some other disturbed and broken personalities to to latch onto and document. I am uh, I'm going to say goodbye. I, I'm in Vancouver. I'm probably going to go get some Asian food of some kind. That seems to be what you do here. There seems to be a lot of that. Uh, for, go to WTFPod.com uh, for all your WTF Pod needs. You know, get some merch, kicking a few shekels. There's new posters there. Uh, the Box Brown posters from the Philly show are there, the hand-screened ones. Uh, you can also pick up the Mark and Tom show there, or you can get that on iTunes. You do a search for Mark and Tom or Mark Marin, Tom Sharpling. There's all that. Uh, what else can you do? You know the story. Leave some comments. Uh... Check the episode guide. Who's been on? What's going on? Got some good shows coming up. We got E from the Eels coming up. We got John Darneal from uh, the Mountain Goats coming up. We got we got some good stuff coming up. And uh, thanks for hanging in. And uh, Boomer lives. <laughs> <laughs>